It's another Uncovered. That must mean it's Wednesday. That must mean that he's Ron Filipkowski. I'm Anthony Davis, and uh, he and I have never met, but we're kind of internet friends. And so <laughs> we're letting you like in. Like a lot of our, people these days, yeah, right? <laughs> we're, we're, letting, we're letting the world in on our internet friendship, which I think is a little bit weird, but also kind of beautiful at the same time. <laughs> um, lots to talk about on Uncovered today. Um, Ron has been furiously tweeting all of the, you know, exposing the kind of uh, MAGA propaganda, the far-right propaganda that the mainstream media failed to expose. Um, we A little bit later, we're going to talk about uh, Trump's plan for Mark Milley's execution. We've got uh, Project Veritas shutting down. We've got more controversy with Corey Lewandowski and, and Lauren Boebert, who um, literally won't stop coming up with excuses for her recent behaviour. So all that to look forward to. But first, the breaking news today, Ron, really is this kind of ruling on Donald Trump's real estate empire, which uh, now could collapse like falling dominoes following the New York judge's ruling that the former uh, disgraced former president's business fortune was built on rampant fraud and blatant lies. Yeah, there's a lot here going on. Um, where to start? Start with the fact of the punishment hasn't even been fully meted out yet. I mean, the only punishment that has been imposed so far is pulling their business certifications to be able to conduct business in New York yeah. that will presumably go on for the rest of their lives. It's indefinite. We know that that is the case. We also know Trump is going to appeal. However, those will, those bans will remain in place during his appeal. Very unlikely he's going to win the appeal. But this is not going to be like Steve Bannon getting an appeal bond and being free to do what he wants. No. He, they cannot conduct business while these appeals go on. The next thing is their actual real rest of the trial is next week. And that's when the punishment, the real punishment is going to get handed down besides the business licenses, which is the fine, which the attorney general is asking for $250 million. I will note, though, that um, the judge kind of even punished them worse already than even the attorney general was asking for. So that fine may not just be 250 million. And let me tell you, I mean, Trump pretends he's worth and more liquid than he really is. Well, I was going to say he doesn't have that money, right? Would, yeah. Him putting up that much money is is not going to be easy for him. And, and the final part is just the reaction of it, which is, you know, typical Trump. This this order went through all of his properties and all of his fraud and all of his lies. It's a very lengthy order. But they latched onto one line in the order and they're saying this line is false, therefore everything else is untrue. And the line in the order was when the judge just mentioned in passing that the the Marilago was assessed at, he said, 18 to 27 million. So what did they do? They took that number and they said, the judge said it's only worth 18 million. That's not what the judge said at all. The judge simply pointed out that look, Trump testified in his deposition, Marilago was worth 1.5 billion. That's completely out of range with anything that's possible. Yeah, you, you could buy a, you could buy an it. island nation for that much money, <laughs> right? I mean, and the judge just made the point of look, the taxable value of this is only 18 to 27 million. It can't possibly be worth 1.5 billion. And um, Eric Eric Trump uh, actually posted about it, didn't he? He uh, said, in an attempt to destroy my father and kick him out of New York, a judge just ruled that Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida, is only worth approximate $18 million. Mar-a-Lago Mar is, um, is speculated to be worth well over a billion dollars, making it arguably the most valuable residential property in the country. It is also corrupt and coordinated. Is he talking about himself and the Trump organization at the end there? Because let's be honest, it is so obvious that you could never say that a, a home, even a home with a pool and a kind of, you know, resort is worth over a billion dollars. Like, it's laughable, Ron. And yet he says it with a straight face. Like, they just think people are as dumb as they are. Well, many of their followers are. And, you know, Trump and the, and the judge never said it's worth $18 million. Yeah. That was never in the order anywhere it's just completely made up by Eric, by Junior, by his dad. What Trump testified to is it's worth $1.5 He was at, He was pinned down on that in the deposition. 
unlike Eric, who took the Fifth Amendment, I think two or three hundred times in his depot, Trump did not. Trump answered all the questions. He said he was asked, where did you come up with that? Have you ever put it up for sale? No. Have you ever got any offers to buy it? No. Uh, did you ever get it appraised? No. Well, where are you coming up with the 1.5 million? He said, well, I'm just I just use my common sense. Yeah. But isn't this what he does, like with everything? He, he you know, in, in in that NBC interview, you know, talking about, well, me, you know, the, the interview with also with um, Megyn Kelly. Well, you know, who who told you that, that the election was, was, was fraudulent? Well, I did. This self-obsession. And it's it's so it's just nuts that he thinks that by saying it out loud, that that kind of makes it okay. You know, nobody in a position of responsibility or authority in any position around the world, whether it be in the boardroom or whether it be a leader in a political office, would ever just think that their instincts were better than research and data and analysis and advice. And I mean, can you imagine being that guy's lawyer? I mean, they... This bunch are all probably going to quit again, aren't they? I mean, he's just going to go through more and more until he just gets the very worst bottom feeders. He'll probably beg Michael Cohen to come back. And incidentally, Michael Cohen, who is his former attorney and fixer and now Midas Touch contributor, uh, he said Trump is already effectively out of business in New York. This is right. after the uh, judge, Arthur Ngoran, uh, rescinded the licenses of the Trump Organization and other companies owned by Trump and his family yesterday. I mean, is that kind of how we have to look at it now? Like, is the is the name Trump going to come off the buildings or are they just going to cease trading? Some of the things that uh, the some of the things that they react to, you can kind of tell how much it hurts them by how they react. Yeah. Of course, they always try and play things off, usually and act like, oh, this is no big deal, like an indictment. Oh, it's nothing. We're going to beat this. You know, there's that brief moment of rage. And then there's the the false bravado. This one you could tell is really, really hurts them because it's been nonstop. My last check I checked an hour ago, Trump is up to 23 posts today on Truth Whoa. Social ranting about this Whoa. case. So, so they're, they're coming unglued because this really hurts them badly. Well, because their whole, their whole life is a production, right? It's all about the, the shop window. There's no substance. There's no, they don't really do business. And any business that they do, I was thinking about this the other day when he was talking about, you know, doing a deal with, with Ukraine and Russia. Trump's idea of doing business is a deal that is shady, that he does quickly and then runs away, Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Or a deal where he kind of thinks he's made money and then runs away. There's never any repeat business with Donald Trump, you know? People never want to come back, oh, you know that great deal we did with you a couple of years ago? Let's do another one. It's all like one time only because he's always stiffing them, whether it be the yeah. people that work for him. We've heard this from caterers and, and uh, tradespeople who don't get paid. It's just constant with that guy. What we've seen with Deutsche Bank and with a lot of his other business enterprises is that the people who do stick with them, like Deutsche Bank, the only reason they do is because they're they're so tied up in his businesses that if he if he fails, they fail. Right. And that's that's how that's his business method is he gets his hooks. He gets people so deep and so deeply leveraged into propping up his business enterprises that they're in with him and they have to keep fun shoveling in money to keep him afloat so they don't go under themselves. That's his trick. And uh, he's played it. But I think all of the banks have kind of wised up to him now. It, it's 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 become uh, increasingly difficult for him to get loans these days. Which is why there is speculation that money that comes from Saudi Arabia or from yeah. China or from Russia, you know, the, the, the only people that will really lend him are unscrupulous lenders. And yeah. let, let's talk about Trump's... Um, recent media coverage because this is something i know that you were pretty furious about in your postings for the for the trump campaign now you and i've talked a lot about project 2025 the authoritarian plans for a, a next republican presidency whether it be trump or anybody else the, the biggest concern and i kind of complained last week about the way nbc had him on and interviewed him in a very normal way like he normalizing his candidacy when he'd already tried to overturn the last election and stole classified documents and paid off a porn star and all this crazy 
stuff, and yet they're talking to him and calling him Mr. President, just normalising him, which is so offensive to anybody who cares about the republic. This time, they're, they're kind of doing it again. I'll show your post, because it was very interesting. Um, you posted, Trump has called for terminating the Constitution if he determines an election was fraudulent, called for the chair of the Joint Chiefs to be executed, says he will remove media companies from public airwaves who don't treat him well. So let's do a story on Biden's sneakers. J- just explain this. You know, I, I don't go after the press. You, you can find very, very, very few posts of mine ever where I've beat up on the media because they get beat up enough from a lot of people and mostly the right about being biased, et cetera. And I also think, you know, freedom of the press is incredibly important to us, especially right now when you're trying to beat back disinformation and authoritarianism and all of that. So, so I try not to be one of the ones that jumps on the bandwagon to beat them up, but I kind of like, yeah, had enough this week. It's just been ridiculous how they're covering this campaign and they need to wake up because, you know, what I said is they're kind of covering this like it's like 1996 Clinton versus Dole. Yeah. And, and they're and they're following what their journalism professors have told them to do and play both sides equally. And, you know, OK, we just did a story about, you know, Trump wanting to execute General Milley. So now we have to do a story about Biden's having trouble walking, you know. So at his age, so he had to get new shoes with, you know, special inserts in them. And he's wearing sneakers instead of dress shoes now. Like, that's an important story, you know, and and treating Trump like he's just some normal candidate. And they just completely ignore. I mean, it look on MSNBC, you're going to see some of the crazy stuff that Trump says. But that's about it. Occasionally on CNN. But NBC CBS, ABC, they do not cover the crazy. And I think that that is doing a huge disservice because a lot of low information voters who aren't political junkies, that's the only news they get is from networks. And they're not seeing the crazy. They're they're oblivious to the fact that Donald Trump is doing and saying all these things. I run into people every day, just every day walks of life. And I'd say, hey, did you hear what Trump just said about? And they have no idea. And, and that's where the, the press is failing us. I, I saw uh, some coverage on Fox the other day. I don't know if the other networks ca- carried it, but Joe Biden had had a cheat sheet with him, a little card. He's used it multiple times with directions of you go into the Roosevelt Room, you sit down, you do this, you do that, you do that. Now, this is a cheat sheet. It's a very standard in, in anybody who is in working in any kind of presentation. The thing is, if you misread that, it looks like he's senile and he needs to be told which room to walk into, yep. when to sit down. And it isn't that. You know, I, I've trained politicians in the UK for, for years and we do cheat sheets all the time. And these are people in their 30s and 40s, not people in their 80s. It's, it's irrelevant. You know, you need to have, when you are meeting so many people, you're doing so many press conferences, you need a little cheat sheet. Unfortunately, Joe Biden made the mistake of exposing it and showing it. And then, of course, they all have long lens cameras and then they zoom in on it and they show it and they're like, oh, Joe Biden's senile. He needs to be told when to sit down. I mean, Donald Trump could have done with a cheat sheet several times during his presidency, if not all the time. If only he did have some protocol and order and some kind of concept of reality while he was presidenting instead of just being completely insane. And and the, I just wanted to say something about Joe Biden and, you know, sneakers and senile. Anybody who's lived with a, an elderly relative who has dementia will know that that is not what Joe Biden has, right? You know, dementia is a very serious illness. And anybody who lives with family members who have it, and there's so many people care for elderly family members who who, who have dementia... It is one of the toughest things to have to kind of deal with and and work with, and especially, I mean, we're seeing it with Bruce Willis at the moment, right? And his wife kind of keeps talking about it. You know, that is not what Joe Biden has. And it's so frustrating to me. It's so insulting to people who know anything about about dementia to see people claiming that this is what Joe Biden... Joe Biden has all of his faculties in place. And as far as I'm aware, there are plenty of lawmakers on Capitol Hill who wear soft shoe sneakers instead of a dress shoe. I've seen Matt Gates in a soft shoe. You know, they do it because they do a lot of walking. 
and Joe Biden's entitled to wear whatever shoe he likes. Who cares? Right. Now I have plantar fasciitis, so I, I have a doctor's note to wear sneakers to court. So, right. you know, yeah. Um, look, there's a couple things here. First of all, at Midas, what we're starting to do is we're starting to keep track of of the Trump gaffes, okay? Yeah. Because right wingers love to, you know, cut and paste the little Trump uh, Biden, you know, misstatements or whatever. So now we're do- we're doing that to Trump. So and, and I can tell you that you know it's myself, it's Asin, it's Patriot Takes, it's we're there. We got a whole crew of people, the my the uh, Ben and Brett, and we're just we're just doing nothing but clipping. Um, every Trump gaffe. So so the reason why I think you're seeing more of that on MSNBC and other networks is really because of us, because they all follow us and and, and we're feeding the gaffes to them and they're putting them on the air, which is good. So that's the first thing. And we're going to keep doing that. The second thing is, I think to some, there's two things with Biden. You know, I think the staff overmanages him. And, and I think that they they script him too much and and they're and they're too pr- protective of him with these scripts about where to stand and all that. I think they just need to let Joe be Joe a little bit more. But I think they're afraid to do that. Maybe I don't know. Um, but the other the other thing is Joe makes all these little quips, which feeds into this perception. Joe likes to say, oh, you know, I've got to go now. If I let you ask any more questions, they'll get mad at me. Or, you know, my wife will get bad at me or I really if I don't do this, the staff is going to be upset. And that, and I know he's only joking, but it feeds into this perception that he's being controlled, you know, by by people behind the scenes. The advantage of having a leader who is involved with his staff is that that is leading by consensus and i've mentioned this before you know it's so different to trump and they they are so so polar opposite aren't they because no one tells trump what to do ever you know it's like when he's at the rallies and they make a mistake with the lighting you know i saw one recently where they put the lights up bright and he was he screamed like he knows that he needs to be in kind of dim light Mm -hmm. in order for him to look a little younger it's so it's so offensive that people are kind of confusing who is Who's the goody and who's the baddie in this? You know, there's, there's so much good that that Joe Biden just oozes goodness. He really is. Like, he, he is on the right side of history. And I, I keep saying, you know, he's effectively come out of retirement to save America from fascism. And if people don't get that, they're not prepared to kind of put up with the fact that, yeah, okay, he's a bit old and he might walk in the wrong direction occasionally. Because the guy is saving us from Trumpism equals fascism. It's as simple as that. You know, I have asked myself this question. Is he running again because of ego? Is he letting his ego get in the way of his better judgment? Um, and I've come to the conclusion, I've, I've wrestled with that for a while, and I've come to the conclusion that that is not the case. I, I, I do believe that he truly believes in his heart that he is the best person to beat Trump this time. I don't know if he's right. But I, but I know that he believes that sincerely, and, and this isn't just an ego thing. For and him. I think he is right. You know, I really do think he is right. Because remember, when he finished as VP to Obama, he was what, was what was he doing for a living then? He basically went into retirement, right? He sure. was kind yeah. of done. Yep. He, he came back when he saw the fascistic activities and tendencies of Donald Trump as president. And that he's talked about it. This is what compelled him to do it. In fact, he did a, a, an interview with Barack Obama where they sat down together and talked. And this was what he'd kind of come up with. And I, I think it's, you know, I think we have to respect the fact that he is a lifelong public servant, the opposite of Donald Trump, who's a career, career criminal. Let's just look at that uh, post, that uh, Truth Social post that uh, Trump posted about Mark Milley. Um, He wrote, Mark Milley, who led perhaps the most embarrassing moment in American history with his grossly incompetent implementation of the withdrawal of Afghanistan, costing many lives, leaving behind hundreds of American citizens and handing over billions of dollars of the finest military equipment ever made, will be leaving the military next week. This will be a time for all citizens of the USA to celebrate. This guy turned out to be a woke train wreck who, if the fake news reporting is correct, was actually dealing with China 
to give them a heads up on the thinking of the President of the United States. This is an act so egregious that in times gone by, the punishment would have been death between China and the United States. Could. Was that, does it go on from there? Okay. So it goes it, on, yeah. It goes on, okay. Yeah. But the point, yeah, well, let's end it with death. The punishment would have been death. I mean, and Steve Bannon retruced this just to make, just to push this point home. Let's be clear what this is. This is the former Joint Chiefs of Staff who effectively kept us safe for four years, who did occasionally talk to his counterpart in China and said, don't worry, Trump's not waging World War Three. He's just pretty publicly angry about China at the moment, but it'll blow over. I mean, he is the one that, that really was the protector. I'm all for Mark Milley stepping up and doing his job and not allowing a dictator in Donald Trump to cause the, you know, the, the World War II, as Donald Trump might say. Well, you know, it's easy to forget how things play out. And that's really what Trump likes. He likes to always flood the zone with BS and distract you from what has happened in the past. But as a reminder, Donald Trump loved Mark Milley. Donald Trump appointed Mark Milley and praised him constantly uh, about when he appointed him to the Joint Chiefs of Staff. When did that change? What was the moment that changed when Trump turned on Milley? It was the the bringing out the Bible to the church in front of the White House during the BLM protests when Trump wanted to march out there with the upside-down Bible and pose in front of the church and hold up the Bible. And Mark Milley, he talked Mark Milley into walking out there with him. And Mark Milley, about halfway through, realized, I am making a huge mistake because I have just been roped into a political stunt. Yeah. And Milley the next day went out and apologized to the American people and said, I screwed up. I made a mistake. I should not have done that. I followed the president. And from that moment on, Mark Milley became public enemy number one to Donald Trump. And he was host Donald Trump was hostile to him from that point forward. Mark Esper, who was the Secretary of Defense, also said the same thing. Mark Esper was then fired. He couldn't fire Milley. But he fired Esper almost immediately thereafter when Esper said it was a mistake. So he's had that hostility towards Millie since that day. So, of course, this whole canard over Millie, you know, committing treason, this has been in the right wing conspiracy circles for, for almost three years now. And, you know, Esper just poured cold water on that this week when he came out and explained, no, I asked Mark Milley to call the Chinese because, yes, Donald Trump was was blaming him being losing the election on China, yeah. on intentionally them launching the COVID virus. And China was getting a little nervous and upset. And so Esper and Milley were just trying to calm them down, saying, look, nothing crazy is going to happen. We're going to have an orderly transition. So. Orderly transitions are not something that really Donald Trump should ever be associated with. Um, there's been a couple of other kind of Trump incidents in the last uh, few days. I want to show this uh, video of him kind of losing his mind. Uh, this is so interesting, isn't it? When, as we were saying earlier about how the media is always jumping on Joe Biden, the reality is that Donald Trump is cognitively impaired, not just in a, from a mental health perspective, which is the malignant narcissism, but from the perspective that sometimes, you know, he does show his age and he is pushed to do rallies and he, you know, it's, it's all a bit much for him. He started going off talking about, what, whales and I'll play the clip and then we'll, we'll talk about it. But on the other hand, their windmills are causing whales to die in numbers never seen before. Nobody does anything about that. They're washing up and show. I saw it this weekend. Three of them came up. They wouldn't. You wouldn't see it once a year. Now they're coming up on a weekly basis. The windmills are driving them crazy. They're driving, they're driving the whales, I think, a little batty. He definitely lost the crowd, didn't he? You could kind of hear that people were not with him at that point. His hostility toward, first of all, <laughs> the cognitive decline. Before I get to the windmills, let me just talk about the cognitive decline, yeah. because Trump is definitely in cognitive decline. I watched all the interviews for years, 
all the speeches, he's definitely slipping big time. Because it's the way and, he darts from subject to subject. Like he cannot, he can't yeah. stay in any lane. It, right. It, it, there's no kind of growth to anything that he says or any direction. It's all grabbing anything that he can, stuff he's said before, you know, one-liners, catchphrases, and, and you can't really engage with him, can you? Right. Well, yeah. So he's like, he's literally like like a 2010 car with extremely high miles on his odometer. <laughs> so he's, he's 77. Yeah. But, you know, he's not your average 77 because he grew up. I mean, maybe he wasn't a drug addict and stuff back in the day, but he grew up, you know, in the discos and studios, uh, you know, Studio 54 and all that era throughout the 80s. So this this guy has, uh, you know, eaten fast food. He's he's not a a very good in shape 77. Right. He's he's a 77 going on 97. So that's number one. Um, what was the second part? What did he just say? Oh, windmills. Yeah. yeah. So he he's mixing up his hostility towards windmills goes to the fact that Scotland built a windmill adjacent to one of his golf courses. That's right. And it bothered him and he didn't like it. And he, you know, went he testified in front of a committee in front of the Scottish Scottish Parliament, demanded they take the windmill down. He refused. They refused. So, I mean, that really what it goes back to is the fact that he bought this golf course. And then right after he bought it, Scotland put a windmill on the course. So that that's what set him off on windmills. But usually he focuses on, you know, how they kill the birds, which is what he loves to say. And they give you um, cancer, of course. Don't forget that. Yeah, and it caused cancer. Yeah. And he also linked, you know, windmills to the Ukraine war, yeah. <laughs> you know, the Russian invasion. That that was a different story. But this is the first time that he's ever linked windmills to making whales mentally imbalanced. I'm not really sure what his theory is. This is a new one. I'm going to have to do a little research. Well, I just watched the Brendan Fraser movie, The Whale. I'm, I'm a bit late to that party. But, you know, maybe it's all metaphorical. Maybe Trump is the whale. Maybe this is the whole point, you know. Windmills <laughs> and, are driving him crazy. <laughs> yeah. And and the other thing we should point out, which I would love to be able to correct him on, no one seems to, is they're not windmills. They're wind turbines. Yeah. yeah he leaves turbine. out the turbine. That's the whole point of this technology is that it contains a turbine. If it was a windmill, it would be in Amsterdam. And, and this is the thing that is so frustrating is that there is just no critical thinking. There is no intellect. There is no depth of understanding or knowledge or anything you know and i i keep saying uh, biden's just announced his kind of climate core which is a you know small step in the right direction to kind of do something about climate change but i would really like to see the defense production act used and the whole country to be plastered in wind turbines and solar panels and really like put everybody to work like they did with the vaccine you know it's like this is more of a crisis than the pandemic the fact that the planet's burning, but it's, you know, it's a dirty word in this country. No one really wants to talk about climate change. Um, finally, let's talk about the uh, purchase of a gun. Now, am I right in saying that if you are indicted, you there is a law that says that you cannot purchase or be in possession of a firearm, especially not go and take the cameras with you and be filmed buying a gun and then put it out there on social media that you bought a gun several times and then deny it and then someone else corroborates it i mean this has been a bit of a mess for him hasn't it should we um have a look at this uh well i should like i want to can i get a, one more picture with the president Go ahead. Here, here. Right here. i just want He definitely bought a gun. Yeah. So, I mean, setting aside, yes, there's a federal statute that talks about the fact that when you're under indictment, you can't um, travel with a gun. You can't uh, uh, somebody can't sell you a gun. You can't take it across state lines, that kind of thing. But, you know, aside what really hardly anybody's talked about is typically it's a condition of your pretrial release after you've been arrested, you're out on bond that you can't possess a firearm. I, 
I mean, he's, this has happened four times. I don't know if that has ever been imposed as one of it's, it's normally like a standard condition of bond. So that also could be the case as well. Um, well, you can't even possess a firearm typically um, when you're out on bond in, in a lot of kinds of cases. So, so that may be the case as well. But, but this thing was a whole fiasco because, you know, Trump's favorite play, and he'll do this tonight in Michigan when he goes up there with the auto workers, is, you know, Jason Miller and Steve Chung, his advanced men, will take him to some restaurant or shop. And he'll go in and he'll pizza for everyone, you know, pork sandwiches for everyone. And, you know, he'll he'll act like he's buying food for everybody. And, you know, some of the media have pointed out that no one actually ever from the campaign ever pays for these things that he says he's going to buy. So uh, in this particular case, he goes in and says, I want to buy this. I want to buy this. So then the next thing that happened is Marjorie Taylor Greene and Brian Glenn, her boyfriend, who's the right side broadcasting, they were both there with Trump in the gun shop. So they were bragging to the right side audience that Trump just bought a gun and they were saying he loves the Second Amendment. He just purchased this gun. Then the news started breaking from CNN. CNN told Steve Chung, the campaign guy, hey, that's a crime for him to buy a gun. Did he really buy a gun? Chung had already tweeted that he bought the gun. Trump, and, and he posted the video. So what did Chung do? He deletes his, the video of that, that video right there that you just saw. Steve Chung deleted it, but the NRA, you can see, screen recorded it and posted it. So that's where I got it from. And then um, Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend, Brian Glenn, <laughs> issued a retraction and said, oh, no, no, no. You know, they really didn't buy it. He really didn't buy a gun. We, I was mistaken. <laughs> I mean, this is the problem with the whole performative nature of yeah. mega Republican electioneering, is that it's all fake. From all fake. from buying burgers to 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 buying guns to any kind of generosity, turns out to be a red herring. You know. You know. And, one more thing, point out along what you just said. Yeah. When he went to East Palestine, he said he was going there to pass out food. He passed out expired water bottles from yeah. his resort. And and goya beans, cans of goya beans. <laughs> that was the food. <laughs> it, it's just like token gesture, po pol politicianing. You know, it's like the the thing is a really good politician who genuinely cares is someone who kind of devotes their life to this kind of public service and really considers the consequences of their actions, both good and bad. Donald Trump just thinks the whole thing is a performance. It's just a show. He's just pretending to be the president, pretending to be... I'm, I'm sure he thinks that about these, these, these lawsuits, that he's like pretending to be the defendant. And I don't think he can get his narcissistic personality disorder around the idea that actually he could lose these cases and end up in, in a federal prison. Like, it just does not compute because to him... If you're born that wealthy and you're given that much money by your father, you know, with a silver spoon in your mouth, nothing is real, Ron. You've never had to do anything. I mean, he thinks you need to show ID to buy groceries. The man has never lived a life like you and I. He has, he has never, ever been a real member of society. He, he's, he's never taken part in the daily activities of the people that he so caught, you know, supposedly cares about and wants to serve. I mean, he's probably driven a car 20 times in his life. Yeah. You know, I don't think he's driven in 30 years. He's never made himself a cup of coffee. He's never been to a grocery store to buy something. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, he's so disconnected from the way average people live. I mean, even when you're growing up in a place like New York, I mean, as a super wealthy person, that's not that's not the reality of the rest of the world. That's not even the reality of the rest of this country when you grow up like that. Yeah. So he's completely disconnected. But he, so this is his way of showing that he's like the common man. You know, I'm buying burgers. I'm hanging out with you in fast food joints for two minutes. But it's all about the photo ops. And and, you know, that the disappointing thing, of course, is that, you know, I watch Trump supporters reaction to this stuff and they love it. 
Yeah. You know, they think it's just the greatest thing and he's just one of us. Well, because they project this kind of Jesus complex to him. And so the idea that he would be kind of coming amongst them and being in a place like a, a burger joint, you know, or, to them, that is him stepping off of this huge pedestal and becoming, you know, for a moment part of society. And, you know, I maintain that his criminality, his sexual abuse, all of the fraud, all of the kind of all the vile stuff that that most Democrats are fearful of and ha angry about, not to mention the authoritarianism, all of that negative stuff, his fans love that. That's why they want him to be the president. And, and so just that kind of standard, like, moral compass of being like, well, you know, you really don't want a criminal being the president. Their version is, we want a criminal being the president. That's right. Because then it blows the whole thing up. And if he can be a criminal, then we can do what we want to. And the way they look at it, like the left and the deep state is so entrenched and so diabolical, it's going to take a ruthless criminal mastermind to defeat them. Yes, that yeah. is their thinking. And that's why other countries, you know, I do a lot of coverage of, of other countries reporting of Trump in the US. This is why they don't really report on him properly or understand the, the, the Trump contagion, the, the pox that he has created, that, you know, where what is normal is now abnormal. What is good is now bad. And, and or what is bad, sorry, what is bad is now good. And so therefore, all the things that in a normal civilized society, you would consider to be negatives for an election, are the reasons why he could win. Can I can I just say too, we've seen this in America before. And we saw it during the outlaw era, where Jesse James became a folk hero. You know, this was a guy who was murdering innocent people and robbing them, right? And shooting cops. But he became an American hero. Yeah. You know, people loved Jesse James or Bonnie and Clyde. These people were violent criminals. It's part of the American ethos that we sort of admire these brave, brash, criminal-minded people because they're sticking it to the authority. They're sticking it to the man, you know? We um, have to take a commercial break, I'm pleased to say. I'm thrilled that uh, Uncovered has a sponsor now, so I'm quickly going to throw on a, a jacket and shirt, and uh, we'll be back in uh, just a couple of minutes here on Uncovered. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Maid uses silver-infused fabrics that makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Did you know that traditional bedsheets can harbour more bacteria than a toilet seat? It can lead to acne, allergies and stuffy noses. It's just gross. Miracle Made offers a whole line of self-cleaning, eco-friendly bedding such as sheets, pillowcases and comforters that prevent 99% of bacteria and require three times less laundry. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bedsheets you used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash uncovered to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo code uncovered at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash uncovered and use the code uncovered to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash uncovered to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. We're back with Uncovered and uh, Ron Filipkowski. There's been quite a lot of stirrings in the uh, in the kind of MAGA world. I want to talk about the uh, All Stars that you tweeted about. The guy at the we have a video of this guy at a, a Trump 
rally complaining about kind of democrat socialism um this is this is another example isn't it of how these words like socialism and marxism uh, and communism they're, they're kind of thrown out there nobody has any concept of what they mean how they might actually work in reality and it ends up with people like this guy contradicting themselves. I'll show the clip and then we'll talk about it. Here it is. I just had to purchase a new car because a deer totaled my other one. And it just, everything, the cost of everything is way too high. And insurance, medical insurance as well. Well, fortunately, I'm on Medicare, so... That helps out a lot right there, and I'm a veteran, so I've got, I've got my VA benefits. So, socialism. Yeah, people don't realize all of that socialism. Like, you know, <laughs> in 1932, none of this stuff existed. Social Security, Medicare, the VA, before Franklin Roosevelt, none of that existed, and the Great Society, which came along later with Lyndon Johnson put all of these programs in place. They are socialism. Whether these people want to admit it or not, it is. But to them, you know, it's not socialism because they, quote unquote, earned it or, you know, they're entitled to it, which is which is actually, you know, not the case. I mean, all of us as, as members of a, of a society earn government benefits by being citizens and paying taxes. So so uh, it's just it's just your way of slanted way of looking at it. But yes, the reason why I do these crowd interviews all the time is to show how misguided and misinformed the average Trump person is who goes to these rallies and to show the hero worship, the cultishness. And, and I'm not just like cherry picking the worst of the worst. These this is literally a good representation of what they think and what they believe. And I think it's important for the American people to see that. I've heard this line, entitlements, being used before. I've heard Mike Pence use it a lot. And it's it's so very offensive, isn't it, to kind of create something uh, or to take something like Social Security, which people have paid into their whole working life, and then refer to it as an entitlement. I mean, this is a kind of... This is a, a Republican trope, isn't it? To try and make people think that, you know, if, you, if you're, you're taking Social Security, that you are sponging off the state. Well, it's actually a legal term that was created by the courts. It wasn't even created by Congress. Uh, it was created by the courts to, to establish a doctrine that these are things that can't be taken away from people that they've paid into them. So, uh, you so know, why they, has it been weaponized? Because, you know, the way I heard Pence yeah. using it was that he, he kind of was giving the impression that this is not something that you, you, you know, in an ideal world, anybody would be entitled to. Yeah, well, they are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, Pence is really one of the few people out there besides maybe Vivek, who's talking about cutting some of these programs. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it, it is funny to hear about the, um, the people at the, the Trump rallies complain about different socialist programs. And then once they start talking more, you find out that, you know, they work for the government or, you know, they partake of of quite a lot of socialism in their everyday lives. They just don't they just I guess they don't realize it. I have uh, I was actually talking on the weekend show just gone about UBI, which is something that I'm a big uh, fan of universal basic income, which has been tested in California and it works in some countries around the world where we're getting to a point in society where automation and AI are going to become so prevalent that unless you are kind of hyper skilled, you're going to be pushed out of the workplace. And, and what universal basic income does, which you could argue is a kind of socialist convention, just pays people to live in society. Uh, it's not welfare. It is, it is a tested system whereby you are paid a salary, an annual salary by, by the government, and just to kind of live, to pay into the system. It's not a huge amount. It's enough to live on, just, but it enables you to do voluntary work and have part-time jobs, and, and it just takes everybody out of poverty and enables everyone to pay into the system by nature of their purchases. And I, I really recommend anybody who's interested in, you know, how some socialist uh, concepts and constructs might work in the future to look up universal basic income and, and just consider how it, you know, has worked in some states where it's been tried.
Yeah, I mean that's a big topic. But you're not uh, a fan. I can tell you're not a fan. You see, your conservative I'm, leanings. I'm yes, I'm I'm very skeptical. So I'm definitely still conservative when it comes to things like that. Yeah, but because I just I don't trust human, I don't trust human instinct, and I don't I don't trust. I don't I don't I'm not I'm I'm very cynical. Yeah, I, I find. I mean, this is part of the reason why we're never going to meet Ron Fantastic because, because, you know, I might I might want to wrestle you to the ground on these types of subjects because it's so interesting. You know, I'm so interested in. in it's just how, what you how you what you believe. I think about human nature. But I I'm a, I do believe in the goodness of human nature, and you know the the money that people are given with UBI is not enough for them to go and buy a Ferrari. It's just enough to live, to get by. And hopefully, you know, they're, they're integrating people into society by helping them to afford normal things is just a way to bring about some social equality. And, you know, you should read up on, on UBI and see how it's been tested in California and, and how it works because it's kind of brilliant. And there are some real experts on it who can um, much better th th than I am at explaining the, the benefits. But, um, yeah, in an ideal world, I think that that's probably where we're going to have to end up because people are not going to have the skills or the training for some of the jobs or the type of work that is going to be available to us in 10 or 20 years' time. Um, talk to me about Clay Travis. Uh, this is the next thing that uh, is kind of interesting. Um, who is he and what's the deal? Well, he's a sports guy. He runs this uh, organization called Outkick, which is kind of like a right-wing take on sports. You know, right. it's kind of like Fox News for sports. That sounds <laughs> like my idea of hell. <laughs> yeah. So they have a lot of these kind of right-wing takes on athletes. You know, of course, you know, the standing for the anthem, they're hostile to the women's soccer team, all of that. So obviously when Taylor Swift uh went and to the football game and met up with Kansas City Chiefs star Travis Kelsey this became a big thing on the right and for people like Clay Travis because as you can see there Travis Kelsey recently signed up to be the pitch man for Bud Light and for Pfizer to push the covid shots so him uh this you know macho white guy you know, very popular in the Midwest with football fans, you would typically think he'd be conservative leaning Republican has signed up to do these things, which make them very angry. And to, to top it off, you know, he's now hooked up with Taylor Swift, who is has been pretty liberal, uh, is pretty liberal and has been signing up voters, encouraging people to vote Democrat, to vote for Biden. So this sort of has sent the right into orbit and, uh, so this is something that has upset them. And, you know, the way that they deal with it is the way they deal with everything they don't like, which is to trash them and personally attack them. Right. So they've just been doing nothing but unloading on both Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And I can tell you at Midas, our strategy has been to promote the hell out of that. We <laughs> want the millions and millions of Swifties and fans of Travis Kelsey to see exactly how MAGA is behaving towards the people that they like, because it shows them for the first time they're exposed to MAGA and the hate. They may not pay attention when MAGA is trashing trans people and gay people, but they're paying attention when they trash Travis Kelsey. Interesting. Um, let me just, for those, I was just thinking about our audio listeners, let me just read the, the, the posting uh, that Clay Travis posted. He said, Travis Kelsey is doing Bud Light and COVID shot commercials. He needs to fire all his marketing agents or he needs to just go ahead and cut his dick off, become a chick and endorse Joe Biden. Apologize if anybody was offended, although it always sounds amusing coming out of my mouth. Um, th there is a, a kind of an interesting. I am I, obsessed with the, the tribalism aspect of this. You know how people uh, don't really kind of care for the detail; they're just like throw it all into that camp, throw it all into that camp. And this seems to be happening more and more. And it's a little bit like we were seeing with that guy complaining about socialism and then talking about his uh, his Medicare. Is is that? It's kind of irrelevant. You know, the detail is irrelevant. It's even irrelevant to Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump's putting out all this policy stuff on video, but he doesn't care about it. He doesn't read it. To, to him, everything is just personal. So so really, this, this vote in, in next year in November 
for a lot of people is just a personal vote. It's a kind of vitriolic personal vote. It's nothing to do with policy. It's nothing to do with saving America from, well, I don't know, migrants at the southern border. I'm not really sure what the Republican argument is. But, like, I've completely lost sight of what making America great again even means. And I don't even think Donald Trump knows anymore. No. I, yeah, I, I I don't think he does. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, as far as his policy statements, he's just reading... You know, he's just reading stuff that Stephen Miller has written for him. Or it's Jason just culture Martin, wars. You know? Everything is just culture yeah. wars. And that's why this Taylor Swift yeah. stuff, it's just, it's all culture war. There, there, is, there is no depth or substance or there's nothing political about it even. It's just become kind of polarized hatred. Well, and it's stupid because, yeah. you know, it's one thing when you're attacking a marginalized group like trans people who are who aren't going to vote republic anyway and, and you can get away with that uh but you know when you start going after taylor swift and travis kelsey in the nfl that's where it blows up in their face and makes them look foolish let's talk about project veritas um first just for those who don't know tell us what it is because i, I hear it's shutting down yeah i mean People in the media are very happy about this, you know, and people that are political junkies, because what Project Veritas was, it was started by James O'Keefe, who's quite a provocateur. And basically what it is, is it's it's undercover and that that's not uh, Project Veritas, but <laughs> it's like an undercover journalist outfit that it, they start out using honeypots. They started out using Laura Loomer and uh, Anna Kate was another one that they use. Um, and, and they would sign up these different young women and would wear hidden microphones. And they would they would meet up with Democrat, typically not the politicians, but like aides, like the legislative aide to a senator or a congressman or a CEO of a company. And they would, you know, ply them with drinks, flirt with them and get them to start saying stupid stuff they're targeting men typically and because men that are drinking and on dates with an attractive girl are going to start talking nonsense and they're going to start bragging and talking out their ass and saying things that aren't even true half the time and and that's how they would get these people and then of course they would post these videos on social media interesting enough one of the things that he also did that got him in hot water is he bought ashley biden's stolen diary and was going to publish it until the fbi raided their offices and seized it so so james o'keefe ultimately was pushed out because uh by by the board of the company he founded earlier this year because he became obsessed with spending a lot of money travel and he became obsessed with putting on musicals where which he would be the star of these musicals and and the board got ousted him and and what happened is all their donations then dried up people stopped giving them money and they basically just went bankrupt and folded up shop so i think a lot of a lot of people especially in the media are very happy to see project veritas be gone yeah, I think so. I think I misquoted Project Veritas on a on a previous episode. So that's the, that's as much as I know about it. But I'm pleased that I never did invest too much time in it. Now that it now that it no longer exists, unfortunately, a lot of the time these things uh, disappear in name only, and they kind of continue in some kind of other guise. Do you think that'll be the case here? James is trying to get a different. He's starting trying to start a new group, but it hasn't been very successful. I, I I do think he's very distracted, lost a lot of his mojo, lost a lot of his credibility, because it he, his ego got the better of him. I, I think when he started, he ran a very lean, tough-minded, rebellious band. Um, but then they got money, they got fame, went to their head, and they started doing corrupt stuff. So he's having a really hard time getting his new group off the ground. Let's talk about uh, Corey Lewandowski. We mentioned him last week, but there's more controversy with him. I was a little premature with the with the photographs. <laughs> so just um, I'll read what you posted. You put today in the Republican Party, fat cat donor wants his $100,000 donation to L.A. governor candidate Jeff Landry back after Landry hired former Trump aide and serial lecher Corey Lewandowski, who was prosecuted for sexually assaulting donor's wife. Tell us what this is about. This is, you know, this is what Trump has done to the Republican Party. You know, you've always had these scandals on each party on both sides over the years, but nothing 
nothing to where it's become it's it's become systemic in the Republican Party, the rot, the misogyny, the lechery, whether it's Rudy Giuliani, whether it's, you know, Donald Trump, you can go on and on young, you know, Cassidy Hutchison revelations about young women being in these people's orbits and being taken advantage of. Well, Corey Lewandowski has a pension for uh, for married women. That's who Corey Lewandowski is attracted to. And, and there are some men who that's a big thing to them, that they it's a conquest thing, that they can they can get someone else's wife. It's an ego trip for them. And that's that's Corey's game. And Trump finally fired him. He was Trump's campaign manager and Trump fired him um, a, a couple of years ago because, you know, Corey was preying on women in Trump's orbit that Trump felt belonged to him, <laughs> you know, and he didn't want him uh, peeing in his pool. So then what what did we learn? We learned that he was having a long term affair with uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Nome, same guy. Um, now, this is the latest story on Corey, which is that um, this guy, this big donor in Louisiana, gave $100,000 to Jeff Landry, who is running for governor of Louisiana against a Democrat. And um, and he just found out that this guy just hired Corey Lewandowski. The reason why that has aggravated this donor is because Corey Lewandowski came on to his wife in Las Vegas <laughs> and and was prosecuted for it for for molesting her for basically putting his hands on her against her will so 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 this guy gives 100 grand to Jeff Landry Jeff Landry turns around and use and hires Corey Lewandowski as his campaign manager for $100,000 so this guy's like this guy molested my wife he was prosecuted for it you're giving my money to the guy who molested my wife i want my money back classic maga republican and and the other thing about this kind of classic MAGA republicanism is the hypocrisy when it comes to, you know, being a kind of perfect citizen. The reality is behind the scenes, all of these kind of very kind of anti what would be seen as kind of anti-Christian activities, stealing another person's wife, um, they're happening all the time. You know, this is so much a part of this this culture. It's just like underground and it's secret and no one talks about it, except it always ends up being exposed. And this is from staunch Republicans. This is from staunch Christians, people who like preach the Lord. And the reality is that they're, you know, they're doing everything that they claim that they sh- that other people shouldn't. Lauren Boebert, Madison Cawthorn, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Matt Gates. Uh, Matt Gates, Matt Schlapp. We could go on and on and on. There's a scandal a day yeah. over these people because they have no standards. They have no morality. It's just it's a hedonistic, uh, misogynistic party that's all about money and 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 you know, they're they're all getting the plastic surgeries, mm. you know, the lip fillers, there's the look. Uh, it's it's a it's a culture. It's a toxic culture, and and it's about excess, isn't it? And that yeah. is an example of why Donald Trump is such a suitable leader for them, because he represents the excess, the multiple you know partners and wives, not to mention the sexual abuse. Like it, if he's doing it, then it normalizes their behavior. He, he's the modern day Caligula. He's the modern day Nero, who and and this is this court, yeah. He's a terrible dancer as well. I keep seeing that clip of him doing that dance at that party and where he grabs the girl like by the waist and you see his like horrible kind of hands like, you know, going around her body and then she turns around and he gives her a kiss on the lips. Like he didn't even know this person. I think this was in the in the 80s, you know, when he had the big bushy eyebrows and I was just thinking he is a, he has always been like the most disgusting creature and and yet, you know, how is it that people are drawn to him? I just don't get it. But, you know, we're all different, I guess. Let's finish with uh, Lauren Bobert. Um, I'll show the clip and then we'll uh, finish up with a little chat about this. I'm, I'm done wasting time. Steve, I have four boys at home. I have a grandson at home. I would love to spend more time with them. I have put my life on hold to come here and provide results 
uh, for the American people to hold this administration accountable, to deliver on the promises that I made, to govern on behalf of my constituents and millions of Americans throughout the, the country. I am not here for the political show, the political theater, uh, as Matt Gates calls it, the failure theater of Congress. Oh, yes, she is. And she loves the theater, as we know. Um, she is a perfect example of the of the performative nature of politics and the excess that we were just discussing. Yeah, absolutely. She is. I mean, she's a product of it. She's she's in Congress because of it. Um, you know, Lauren Boebert has used that line uh, for for a long time. Uh, you know, she has these standard lines that she uses over and over and over again for years. What may and, and in, in you know a year ago, two years ago, that line right there might not have raised too many eyebrows, right? But <laughs> here she is rattling off that line right after the the, the theater incident. So and, and after her, you know, her divorce and all of this. So for her to use this line, you know, like. I'm I'm not here to play games. I'm focused. I'm not into the theater. She actually used the word theater, too, which is pretty funny, um, you know, and, and how she's sacrificed her personal life to serve the people. It just was so the optics of that were so bad it because of the timing, because it because it came like days after this this theater incident. I mean, she just doesn't have any comprehension of the way that people hear what she's saying you know it's all like projection and perception you know it's it's all wrong you know her, her what she thinks people think of her right. versus what people really think of her yeah and i don't know i just i'm just done with these people ron you know like there's a very good chance that a lot of these characters like like lauren bobert will not appear in in the next congress you know there's a very good chance that that they will not be successful in their in their um uh constituencies and it would be a much nicer place without these extremists and these lunatics you know i mean i was thinking the other day about i was actually re-watching the um state of the union speech where biden marvelously kind of made that kind of point about social security and medicare and got consensus from the room and you know there was clips of of screaming marjorie taylor green screaming liar liar you know from from the benches during the state of the union can you imagine like it's just the 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 political discourse now is it's so childlike it's so immature but it's so offensive to anybody who kind of cares about the institutions that we revere and to have mtg just screaming liar at the president out loud during a speech and all of the coverage of that was how amusing it was and and marjorie green this week was ripping john fetterman for his right. dress saying that it was he needs to be more appropriate in Congress <laughs> yeah. and, you know, oh, be more respectful to the institution right. is what she said, you know. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she needs to she needs to rewatch that State of the Union speech. Yeah. Um, OK, listen, we have to finish. But, uh, you know, another interesting hour of uh, conversation. Just tell us before we go a little bit about the MidasTouch.com website where you are the editor and what people can look forward to finding on there. So there's basically eight of us who don't sleep, uh, <laughs> in case you know haven't noticed. Yeah, and you know we are just cranking out stuff round the clock, and I think a lot of the stuff that we're putting out is completely not in the media, not in mainstream stuff. A lot of mainstream stuff is is getting stuff from us, but all we do is bounce stuff off. Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Did you see? You know, what about this? Let's do a story on that. You'd be better at that. It, so it's it's different. It's it's not like a, a media shop where or a press shop where you're like you're assigned to this story today. No, we're there's like eight of us bouncing ideas and stories and clips back and forth between us. So our output is pretty prodigious. I think we're cranking out and we're not trying to be the New York Times and do these long, you know, think pieces. You know, we're hitting people with with stories as they're happening and, and trying to provide some context and information. So I think um, it's been tremendous. We had 
seven and a half million people on the site our first month. I think we're going to beat that this month and uh, people have really embraced it. And and I think that we're going to play a huge role in this election coming up because one of the things that I'm going to do is target vulnerable Republican seats and we are going to focus our energy on those vulnerable Republicans and doing opposition work on them and defeating them. So yeah. um, I'm really looking forward to that. Well, so am I. And I, I think all of us who are might as such contributors, we are aware of the magnitude of the job at hand going into the next election to expose the propaganda and to really show people what it is, what the choice is. And like I say, it's not a choice between Trump and Biden. It's a choice between freedom and fascism authoritarianism and your right to enjoy the republic as it has been for the last um, years so it's a pleasure i'll see you again next week we'll do it again thank you so much ron Philipkowski. i'm anthony davis uh, if you want to download the podcast it'll be available tonight that's the audio podcast if you want to watch this show again you can press rewind and do it immediately thanks again see you next week 